Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is another great guest episode. And today's guest is Ian Anderson Gray. Ian is the founder of the Confident Live Marketing Academy and is host of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. He helps entrepreneurs to level up their impact, authority, and profits by using live video confidently. As well as being a geek, husband, and dad to two children, Ian is also a professional singer and lives near Manchester in the UK. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. It's absolutely fantastic to have you on. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Leslie. Thank you so much for asking me uh, to be on your podcast. My absolute pleasure. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests. What is your money story? Well, yeah, I I think we probably do have to go back to my childhood here because um, I've been thinking about this recently. And it's interesting that like, my sister and I, we are similar in many ways, but different. So we, we were thinking about like, what's your ambition? I think we are probably about, I was maybe about eight or nine. And she, her ambition was like big house, uh, lots, you know, expensive cars and in, in, in the driveway and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't interested in that at all. I wasn't, I had more, I, I wasn't, I didn't really know what my, um, I didn't really know what my, uh, idea of, of the future was going to be. Um, so yeah, uh, so I think then fast, fast forwarding until, um, later on when I, I, at school, I was not sure whether to go down the science route because I was interested in technology and science or music. And my and my my mum was a, an opera singer, uh, and music was very much part of my life. So I ended up going to university to do music. Uh, I went to music college, trained as a professional singer, and I was in the musical world. And well, you know what they say about artists and musicians and things like that. It's it's not the most positive money situation to be in because there's this feeling that well, you're doing it you're doing, if I was asked to sing at a concert, you know, you're doing it because you love it. Mm-hmm. So like the money is like a secondary thing. I think from an early age, but certainly this was, um, uh, emphasized when I was being a professional musician that I almost felt guilty for charging money. And there was one experience that I had. I was, I was, so at the time I was paid probably about 150 pounds to sing at a, a concert in the evening. And I would be singing the, the, the bass solo in Handel's Messiah or something like that. And I, I would turn up for the afternoon rehearsal. I'd obviously have to learn the music and practice it. And then I'd do the afternoon rehearsal and then do the concert at the evening. And I was, I'd usually get a check of about 150 pounds for this, which doesn't seem an awful lot of money, but I was, 
I was then, uh, the, the person who was signing the check was the conductor. And he says, you're getting paid more than me. I'm only getting paid a hundred pounds, you know? And just, so that was even more compounded, this guilt, like, oh, like maybe I shouldn't be charging this. Uh, and, uh, and I was teaching singing and I was, so I was, uh, I was again, having this feeling of guilt for, for charging because it was stuff that I was enjoying. Mm. I'm sure you've had that on the show before, like (laughs) charging for stuff that you enjoy. How could you? (laughs) You That's, uh, that's how I felt. So that was, that was my background. And then, uh, I started blogging in 2011 and I, and I had this, uh, web business on the side that I run with my dad called select performers. Uh, my, my blogging business, my content business really grew. I, I started to, uh, I wrote a couple of blog posts that went viral. I wasn't thinking about money at all. I wasn't thinking about monetizing it. And part of that might've been again, the, the guilt side of things, but I can't really, but how this, this is just a bit of fun. I, I can't charge for this. But I did start to monetize it a little bit with uh, affiliate income. Um, I started being asked to speak at conferences. And there we go is another thing, being asked to speak at conferences and the whole thing of money. Well, you don't, you know, you tend to be asked to speak at conferences, certainly in the world that I am, I'm in, uh, for free because it's, uh, you get paid because, well, you know, it's all visibility and engagement. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so I had to really go through quite a big uh, mindset journey, but money mindset journey uh, in particular, because uh, the, the deep feeling that I have, um, not so much now because I've worked on it, but is this feeling that somehow I don't deserve money. Uh, and because I don't come from a corporate background, I haven't until my business started to become a lot more successful in the last couple of years, I didn't really have that experience of having that much money, it was always a struggle as a family, um, you know, to pay the bills. And so I didn't have that experience until uh, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, when the business started to do a lot better, and I was able to grow my team. Um, and just this wonderful feeling of being able to have a team, uh, being able to support other people. And in a way, I was able to bless other people through my success. And that was an amazing feeling. And there was another book that really helped me, uh, the book called Thou Shall Prosper by Daniel Lapin, who's this, um, he's a Jewish rabbi. And he's kind of looking the, I suppose it's kind of like old fashioned, old fashioned Jewish wisdom uh, on, on how we view money. And that was quite an eye opener because I started to think, I started to re- realize that if I want to help people, which is what I want to do in my business, I need to have a profitable business. I need to be able to, and it's not wrong to be able to support the family, uh, to pay the bills and then to, to do some fun things. So, mm. uh, I'm now in a position where, uh, the business is a lot more successful. Um, I'm able to grow my team. Um, and I'm, I'm now thinking for the future. Um, and I'm realizing now that actually I need a lot more money than I think I probably realized before. Um, I still have a bit of work to do because I still think there's a little bit of guilt attached, but I'm in a much better place than I was. So I'll stop there. I could go on forever, ever probably. <laughs> no, that's really, really helpful. And I think, you know, what what you've said there is definitely, you know, comes up for a lot of people in mm. terms of very often, you know, that their biggest issue with money is not feeling worthy of having it and certainly not worthy of having a lot of it. And it is only when you start to reframe, well, how can I help people if I cannot help myself? 
how can I look after those I love and want to support if I can't support myself? Do you have any recollection of where and why you had those thoughts about your own worthiness of having money? Having money. I don't I don't really know. So I've, I've been on a very much a mindset journey in the last two or three uh, years. And, and one of them, so I don't know whether this is related, but I, I think it might be. And I've been, I had been wondering for quite a few years whether I, I so I had, a, I had a lot of struggles uh, with, for example, procrastination and perfectionism and awful comparatonitis, you know, comparing myself with others and feeling I'm not up to the standard. And to cut a long story short, I, I then realized that it's down to ADHD. And I was diagnosed with ADHD last October. And since then, we've realized that the whole family are ADHD, including my wife. Um, it's a lot more difficult to diagnose in women. Women tend to have a, do a much better job at hiding it and masking it. So part of, um, I think with, with ADHD, the, it, it, I, there is a more of a, an element of emotional dysregulation and being hard on yourself and not feeling that you're good enough because you tend to compare yourself with others. So I think that is definitely a component of this. Um, however, um, that is not necessarily the reason for it. That that probably compounds it and makes it more and more acute. Um, I don't know whether it, it probably is, is some way back in the past, you know, in, in, in the days where uh, I was growing up. And I, I'm not entirely sure where it came from. I probably need to um, have a psychiatrist dig deep into my psyche to find it out. I don't know. Do you know, something has just dawned on me. And I am not an ADHD um, expert in any shape or form but i have become aware that there's been a lot more people being diagnosed with adhd mm. over the last couple of years or so and you've just spoken about the you know the comparisonitis etc do you think it's possible because of covid and so many of our businesses you know having to go online and by being online, people are more easily visible and what they do and what they talk about and the success they share, whether it's true or exaggerated, you know, who knows, it varies from, from person to person. If you believe that a symptom of, of your ADHD was that comparatonitis and that that you know and that comes up for everybody but i think it does i think that because of of the pandemic because of more businesses becoming visible online therefore being able to watch and monitor what other people are doing and then reflect back on what how you compare yourself to others is it likely that the pandemic has actually added to this exposure that people are now having to going, well, actually, I've got a feeling I have got ADHD, and it's been heightened because of the pandemic. It has. I mean, so even if you don't have ADHD, you can have ADHD-like symptoms and they have been, you know, so if you're neurotypical, that's the kind of the, the fancy word if you're, if you're quote, normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, 
so if you're uh, so i think i think the pandemic absolutely has exacerbated those symptoms for all of us you know we all struggle with uh, procrastination and perfectionism comparing ourselves imposter syndrome all those things but i think um for those with adhd it is a neurological condition and uh the beforehand i probably was just about keeping it together and then i think they with the pandemic and everything being online it, it's i think for a lot of people the the mask just can't stay there any longer mm. and you you just can't cope anymore so that's why a lot of people have been seeking diagnosis because they've realized that and also to do with um more more research into this you know particularly for women and, and for adults because we tend to think that adhd is really just naughty boys little boys at school um, but in the last 20 years, we've found out, well, actually, it does, in, in many cases, it does go on into adulthood. And as I said before, women in, in particular are very good at hiding it, um, particularly if you are, if you have a high IQ as well. Um, more, if the more intelligent you are, you tend to uh, mask it as well. So there's a lot of factors that we're, we're, we're learning about. Coming back to what you were saying about um, being able to see each other online, um, this is a big problem for me because... I'm in the social media marketing world, and my 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 job is is uh, helping entrepreneurs in particular with confidence on live video. And so, like all the people I see are going live, and I can see them, and they're talking about the successes. And particularly um, the world I'm in, the, the, some people are even very open and honest about how many figures they're making. And I was interviewed on a show. And the first thing she asked, well, actually, this was, was live. She asked me beforehand, you know, we have a little conversation before the podcast started. She says, so, so are you a, are you a, a, a seven figure person or an eight figure person? She was, and I was just like completely and utterly, um, just taken aback by the fact that she could ask me that. And somehow I managed to get out of the, uh, out of answering the question. Cause it was, first of all, it was none of her business, but also this thing about, there is this very much this thing about um, how many figures you're earning. And what I've learned since is that actually that is really the wrong question because it depends on your situation in your life. You know, we go through different seasons in our lives. Absolutely. Um, we've got a fairly young family. Our kids are 12 and 14. Um, but but there's, there's also like how, uh, how much, you know, what is actually your profit? You know, what <laughs> there's a big difference there. Um, and like, where in the world are you living and, and what are your priorities? So, um, I've, I've had this situation where I've gone to conferences, I've speaking, I've spoken at conferences and I'm comparing myself with others, seeing the supposed success that they are having. Um, but as you quite rightly said, first of all, we don't necessarily know, um, their success. We're only seeing the surface level stuff and, and also, um, what was I going to say? So we're only seeing the surface level stuff, but also like at, at what cost? And I think for me, I've realized that I need to have um, a pace that I am comfortable with. Like for us, we want to have two or three weeks away in the summer with, you know, want to go away with the family. Um, I don't want to work every single minute of every single day. And I sometimes see the success, the supposed success of people, and they're just working themselves into the ground. Uh, and that's not what I want. Mm. Um, so that's been quite an eye opener.
Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think going back to you know to that question that you were asked, you know, something that I, you know, I I very often say is I think it's important to talk about money. I think it's important to, to be able to feel comfortable talking about your success and sharing your success so that people yeah. know the art of the possible. But I don't think it's necessary to actually personally dig into somebody's financial situation. You know, a little bit like I wouldn't say to you, so when did you last have sex then, Ian? That's not my business. <laughs> How much money you've got in your bank account yeah. isn't my business. Yeah. And it is, I think, a symptom of the coaching industry. You don't see plastic surgeons showing their monthly salary slip or anybody else showing or feeling they have to show what they earn in the coaching industry it does come down to as you said are you a seven figure business an eight figure business four figure months whatever it might be yes it's important to be able to be congruent with what you are teaching who you are supporting, but actually feel that you have to, in some way, actually go so, so personal. To be successful, you have to clearly show your Stripe account or clearly show what's in your bank balance. If you want to do that, that's absolutely, I have no issues with that at all because, again, you're demonstrating the art of the possible. But I don't think there is a need to make other people feel uncomfortable or feel undervalued or devalued, devalued because they are not achieving the same financial success. Because, as you've said, success can be and should be measured in different ways for different people. Absolutely. It's so it's I'm not saying that these things are like that people shouldn't be sharing these things uh, and I'm 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 a very a kind of open person so I'm I I'm not necessarily against talking about those kind of things. It's just I don't like the the whole seven figure eight figure six figure thing because i i think it's it's not necessarily meaningless but it 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 will depend like if you're living in uh if you if you're living in san francisco you're going to have to be making a lot of money but if you're living out in the country and uh, you don't necessarily have to make the same amount of money depends depends on your priorities and so i think um ultimately what i want to do i want to encourage people and so if i start if I start talking about money and how much I'm earning or how much I've made, I want to do it in. A, I want to frame it in a way that is going to be encouraging, that's going to be inspirational for people. And I think that's a kind of a tough thing when you're talking about actual figures, because sometimes you're going to alienate people or make people think, "I can't do that." I, and and that, and I know that because I was there once, and that was partly down to my negative mindset, which I've had to work on, but. I just think we have to be really careful with this. And ultimately, I, I want to help my audience and my clients to be as successful as possible. But success will be different to different people. And so I, one of the things that I uh, have been working on is to start to dream big dreams. And th so this is probably related to money, but I've in the past was not able to 
put down on paper kind of big dreams because I thought, well, I, again, I don't deserve it. So um, back in 2013, 2014, I, made, I went on a big long walk and I started to write down and I started to push myself and I felt really uncomfortable doing this to dream like, what do I want in five years time? What would be amazing? And so I wrote down these things and some of it was to double or triple my salary because I realized that's my salary wasn't that great at the time, so I needed I needed a big a big uh, increase. Uh, we our kids were getting bigger, so we, we I wanted to be able to afford to buy a bigger house. Uh, I wanted to so I put down a to get a new car, um, and I wanted to speak at a big conference. I wanted to give up my one of my teaching jobs. Uh, fast forward four or five years, I realized I'd achieved every single one of those apart from one, and that was the car. And I realized. The reason I didn't get the car is that I don't really care about cars. And so I, I think sometimes we can we can put down things on our list that we feel we should be putting on our list. And sometimes we don't put on our list because uh, things that we should be putting on our list because we feel either we, we, we don't deserve it or there's some kind of issue there. But that really encouraged me. And so I've been doing that recently to start to dream big dreams um, and to uh, then to work towards achieving those as well and that is uh, that's been a, a wonderful change i think in my mindset and i think that is the thing i think money loves a purpose you know money for money's sake doesn't really motivate people it doesn't really make people feel happy and satisfied happy. because they're just chasing after the next pile yes. of cash, the next zero at the end of the bank account. But actually, when you talk about it in terms of what's going to make me happy, happier, what's going to make my family happy, happier, and then thinking yeah. of the, the wider context of context. what purpose can I put money to, I think that is what makes a difference. And I think when you can emotionally connect to a financial goal but that connection is what it's going to create for you more space you know in, in a bigger home um the ability to go on more holidays take more time off whatever it might be for you just like you discovered well actually having a new car that's somebody else's dream I felt maybe I should have it on my list because that was something to tick off but actually, the reality of it is that was not my dream. Mm, I think I think so, and I, I I think it's just a really good um, it's a really good process to go through. It's not easy. Like it's, I don't know, you tell me, honestly, but uh, I didn't find working out what those dreams were easy to begin with. I because I didn't. I don't think we always know what we want. I think as you get older, you know, I'm now in my. Well, I suppose I'm in my late forties. I'll have to own that now. But uh, I, I've realised that I've, I've started to become become a lot more comfortable in my skin and start to realise actually what I really want. I do have this, and this is probably an ADHD thing um, and and being into geeky stuff. But I do have the tendency to like want the latest gadgets. So I've got to be careful there that I don't just like uh, spend the money on that. And I think. In a way, uh, I was saying to you before we started recording, this year has not been a particularly easy year. My business did really well during the pandemic and I was able to grow my team. And then unfortunately this year, I've had to like, scale back down again. It's the it's the entrepreneurial roller coaster, isn't it? Um, 
but that um, experience of having a, a more money last year and to be able to grow the business and then not having so much this year has been a really, I say this now, but it's been actually a really positive thing because now I'm, I'm thinking actually what, uh, now I need to be really careful with how I spend my money. I, I think I'm now in a much better place to say, well, actually I want to hire my team I hire a team to do this job, and this specifically is going to help me grow my business, help me grow my business um, in a you know in a in a really strategic way. Whereas I think maybe kind of a couple of years ago, I wasn't so I didn't have that kind of a focus on that. So I th- I think not having money can sometimes be a, a good experience to help. It kind of helps you own what you you actually need to do. Absolutely, and I I think as well, probably you know what was spoken about a lot during the pandemic was you know gratitude and appreciation for for what you have and having that awareness. It's not just about collecting things and going through life collecting more things and then collecting more things and actually feeling a dissatisfaction with what you have now. It is about looking at what you've got being grateful and working out, you know, I, I ran a workshop yesterday and um, I, I, I said to the um, participants, it's probably the only question we ever need to ask ourselves and be really honest about is, am I happy? And mm. being really honest with yourself, am I happy exactly where I am doing what I'm doing, how I am doing it and being really honest with yourself? Because if you're not happy, what are you going to do about it and what does that involve and for lots of us we get very very comfortable and we confuse that with being happy because we realize that if we think about it too long actually we're not a hundred percent happy we could be happier but in order to be happier we have to put ourselves in an uncomfortable place and that can be for all sorts of reasons. You know, it can be because you have to become more visible, because you have to increase your pricing, because you have to look at the the niche you're working within or the number of hours you're working or not just staying behind the Zoom lens and having to go out and in-person network, et cetera, et cetera. But I think it's only when, because we can all use the the excuse of, I'm absolutely fine. I'm really, really happy. I'm grateful for what I have. But actually, gratitude can hold us back. I did a podcast a number of months ago. And the after our conversation, the, the podcast title was, Is Gratitude Keeping You Poor? And I think gratitude can keep you in a poverty mindset to a certain extent if you are using it as something to hold you back. You know, I'm happy for where, where I am. I'm happy for what I have. We're saying that to ourselves so we don't have to put ourselves into doing something that we're not comfortable with. But if we start off being grateful for what we have but always asking ourselves that you know that question of yeah but am i am i as happy as i can be is my situation as good as it can get or am i just limiting myself by using the excuse i'm happy yeah 
And I think, oh, that's really, I, I'd never thought think, about it like that, but that's, that's true. I think it's a balance. So you're not saying we shouldn't, in a practice gratitude, we shouldn't be thankful. You're not saying that at all. But on the other hand, uh, we can just stay still. And, and I think that's one thing I am, so, <laughs> I am grateful for is the fact that I, I'm, I think I'm in a state now where I'm not content to stay where I am. I am grateful for, the, I mean, there's so many things to be grateful for um, as a family and you know, in my situation, which is, you know, which is wonderful. But, I, but I, I think partly because I was diagnosed with ADHD last year, I've started to realize that all the things that I can do to improve my situation in terms of like optimize the way I work and, and I've definitely seen the light in terms of working with other people. So I've talked about growing my team, but also hiring coaches to work with different things. It might be uh, an ADHD business coach, or it might be a money mindset coach, or it might be whatever. Because because I think so often we are too close to our own situations. We need somebody else to have that to to look at our situation and think, well, yeah, it's like, things are okay there, but you you could probably do with. I think you've got a bit of a, a blockage there mindset-wise, and we need to kind of tweak that and, and change that. Um, and I I don't know. I think I'm at this point in my life where I'm excited about that. I'm so glad that I'm in this position because I see other people who are almost content with just where they are. And that it's that maybe maybe content is not the word. That they're, they're just, well, that's just the way it is. And uh, there's nothing I can do about it. And I think that's very sad. I think we are all able to to move forwards we just need to maybe get some help from other people to allow us to to start dreaming big dreams um and that's 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 what i want to do and i i love that you know I, to start dreaming big dreams and also what you said in terms of writing those dreams down because i think just right. having them up in your head isn't enough you have to write them down, first of all, so your subconscious can actually see the connection between what's going on up here and the reality of what's on paper and start the, you know, the process going of, okay, so you're here, you want to be there, where are you at the moment, where are the gaps and how do we go about plugging them? And I think that that dreaming that emotional connection that you're creating between what you have and what you want, it's that that fires us up and mm. gets us into action. Because writing things down is is just one thing, but it's never yeah. going to get you there. It's actually taking action. And I think for a lot of people, just the act of feeling what well, I've written that goal down, I have actually taken the courage to think I can go for that that starts the subconscious thinking oh okay so you're no longer thinking you can't you can't you're thinking I might want to how can I go about mm. doing it what do I need to do in order to do all the things that are necessary to have that that big dream so are you going to share with us some elements i'm not asking for all of it, it wouldn't be so personal but some elements of your big dream well yeah it's um i think it still needs some work and clarity on this but um i so i went out with my wife a few weeks ago and we we talked about this because i think as well as writing them down 
think talking with somebody, you know, ideally somebody who's close to you um, is really helpful because that that's kind of makes it almost even more uncomfortable. But hopefully they will encourage you and think, well, and if, if it is your spouse, um, then you could work at this together. And that's very much what we want as a family. We want um, the business that I run is, uh, you know, my, my wife helps me in this. We want it to be, um, yeah, to, to help us achieve all these things. So, um, yeah, so it, part, part of it is, so obviously we, we need to, uh, we need to bring some more money in to do all the things that we want to do. And part of it is, is working out, well, what is the kind of, if we could, um, plan out the perfect year, how would that look? And, and it's, it's never going to be this perfect, but what would that, what would that be? And so I think for us, we want to have that family time in the summer where we're going away. We love traveling. So we want to have, um, be able to go away, um, and see the world basically. And, uh, but also like, because I do enjoy work, I would like to be able to maybe for one of those weeks do maybe work, be a work in the morning. And then we've got the, the rest of the the day free to do uh, whatever we want. So I think it's that flexibility and that freedom to to do things like that. We're also because of um, the music uh, connection, in, and my wife uh, still is is uh, works in the musical world. She she's uh, uh, an academic tutor at a music college, and uh, so there's something I, I do want somehow to be able to give back to that community somehow, or, or to be able to 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 do something with that because particularly in the classical music world it's a it's a world as i said that has a very negative money mindset problem so i want to basically help musicians to be able to do that so i think that's that's part of it um we want there's also things like um uh hiring a, a declutterer and things like that because uh, that's a big struggle <laughs> we have i would just love somebody to come in the house and help us with those things and it's it's also with uh coaching um because uh, uh and and then the other and this i think i'm trying to remember how i actually first met you and i'm sure it was on clubhouse yeah. um and what it was it it wasn't something to do with um money mindset and functional medicine was it yeah, have i got that that's wrong? right yeah no, it, it okay well, yeah that, so yeah. that Thing that I want yeah. to do is to, um, to because health is really important. So uh, one of the things that's been, made a big difference to me is hiring a personal trainer. Uh, and so it's investing in our health. And so uh, looking at the whole functional medicine type of thing, because that's very much um, uh, looking at um, your health in a, what's the word, holistic way. Yeah. Um, so I think, so yeah. sorry if this sounds all over the place, but basically it's investing in our health, in our in our mindset, in 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 us being the best version of ourselves, if I can put it that way. I also want to be able to give give back to community uh, to the communities that I've been a part of. Um, so there is definitely this. There's something like um, something really fun about being able to bless other people, like randomly as well. I just love this idea. There's a uh, somebody told me that uh, they went to a restaurant and they've got six kids, which that's expensive they went out and at the end uh, where they were going to pay the bill but um the, the waiter came up and says uh, there's a gentleman over there who's just paid your bill um and there's just something i may i would love to be in a position where i had the money to be able to just do that kind of thing just randomly because it's just a wonderful thing um 
so yeah, I'll stop there. There's probably there probably are lots of other things, but uh, yeah, there's and also kids are expensive, and they're, but they're both very musical, so we want to be able to uh, invest in them as well. Oh, I loved all the things that you said there, and a couple of things pinged in particular for me. We are we're having some new furniture delivered on Thursday, and my husband is removing the old furniture. And it, it, it's our boys' living room that has been their playroom. And at 14 and 16, they don't need a playroom anymore. They need a, a teenage <laughs> living room. So we've yeah. started to clear out, you know, lots of the things that they've made over the years. Oh, my God, I've, I've, I've found that so hard, wanting to keep it all. And then my husband said, yeah, but we've got to be sensible. So you suddenly made me think a declutterer to come in and to disconnect me from these bits yeah. of plastic and little drawings of goodness knows what, et cetera. Um, is probably something that I need. So I'm going to think about that one a little bit more. <laughs> but what you said as well, in terms of, you know, the family with the six children and somebody paying the bill for them. Um, I had an interview, uh, I interviewed somebody on the podcast last week, and she is building, she's in fintech, and she is building a platform for financial inclusion. And Part of that essentially is going to be to be able to easily go to a coffee shop, buy a cup of coffee for you and a cup of coffee for somebody else, a meal for you, a meal for somebody else. And I thought that was really lovely because we are all starting to think about the ways that we can pay it forward, how we can share in i've had a good day i want somebody else to you know to, to benefit from that and i think you know as a society to have the opportunity to think about that real ripple effect that we can have by being kinder by being a bit more thoughtful for having gratitude for what we have and showing that gratitude and sharing in that gratitude i think that is lovely mm. well well yeah no thank you it's so uh, but i think with all of these things it, it's writing them down speaking them out aloud with people but sometimes you have to tweak them over time and you have to kind of reassess and and i i think uh, hopefully we're gonna have another Meeting maybe uh, well we'll we'll see each other before then because you know my uh, my wife and I but we'll have another business meeting let's <laughs> uh, talk about this in maybe a couple of months time and we can um, yeah just maybe have a look reassess you know are these things what we really want um, and situations change but but also like how are we going to achieve that and uh, I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago which was just amazing I think I've felt like many people. In the last few years, you know, disconnected from people in real life um, and meeting with other people, having conversations with people has just really um, helped me think about the way forwards for me and my business and what I need to be uh, working on and achieving in order to actually make those goals into to actually happen. Um, because if, we, if you have your own business, um, you often uh, you you were talking about feeling too comfortable. I think sometimes we can feel too comfortable, and so, uh, and if we want to to grow, then we need to sometimes uh, either pivot 
or tweak. And yeah. uh, so that's that's the situation I'm in. And it's 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 scary, but it's actually quite exciting as well. So I'm uh, it's been a bit of a tough year, but I'm excited about some of the things that are happening now. So that's a good place to be in. Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, to have the ability to include our families in what we do, to be able to sit and talk about mm. our big dreams, you know, as, as you described it, is such a, an opportunity to have and to get excited about because we can feel that we can share in our vision of what our future looks like together and to do it by our design rather than just whatever circumstances happen to us. And I think from everything that you said, you feel that sense of excitement as well. Definitely. And I think it's so important for kids, you know, um, to, to, to be part of that and uh, to, you know, the, to, to see if you are an entrepreneur, uh, you know, your kids are probably going to go down that route, whether you like it or not. And so for them to, to see the struggles as well as the, the good times, um, I, I don't want, I don't want my kids to ever worry about, uh, us paying the bills, but I want them to see, I want to, I want them to see this, the, the downs as well as the ups, you know, not to, not to shield them completely from that, because I think that's important and it's life skills. Um, but for them to be part of those dreams and, I think that's also really important um, for what you teach, which is the whole money mindset thing. I don't want my kids to have the same hang-ups, the same problems, the struggles that I had uh, that's, that that went on for years and years and years into my 40s. I don't want them to have those struggles. They probably will have some of them because we all do, but I want I want them to learn from my mistakes and uh come out uh, better as a result yeah, absolutely absolutely so what's next for you oh my goodness well it's so i'm in this situation now where i've got so many ideas um and so many kind of like hopes and dreams and stuff i i think i need i'm in this position actually where i think i need a bit more clarity so um i'm going to be working with some coaches and to to help with the strategy and uh also with the ADHD side of things as well. So there's there's, there's mindset, there's um, money, there's, there's repositioning my business. So I, I'm in a kind of a, a state of maybe flux and change, but thankfully my business is is growing. And so I am able to, um, you know, I, I am still able to pay the bills and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's all good. But uh, I'm now wanting to and i'm excited about investing back into my business investing in me because it's effectively a personal branding business uh, i am the kind of the business so that's that's what i'm working on it, it's effectively uh, working on me working on the business uh and uh yeah and um, i'm excited about next year which is fantastic so how can people connect with you ian well, I've carelessly scattered myself across all the, the socials, the interwebs. So you can probably find me on most platforms. Just search for my name, Ian Anderson Gray. Uh, my website is iag.me. I've got a podcast uh, on there. If you go to iag.me forward slash podcast, it's called the Confident Live Marketing Show. Uh, and yeah, just just connect with me wherever you are. Um, I'm not uh, particularly, I, I have a TikTok account, but I'm not massively on it, but uh, you can even connect with me on there. Um, so yeah, it'd be, be great to connect with you and uh, and yeah, just uh, help with anything. Just let me know. 
And all those details will, of course, be shared in the show in the show notes so people can easily connect with you. Thank you very, very much for coming on today. Hearing you talking about moving reminded me that I think I was the first person you interviewed in your new setup, actually. And you had just bought that plant in. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So thank you very much for your time today. I've loved our conversation and I wish you all the best with your big dreams. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.